1: The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests, Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready.
2: Well, you say you want content, you say you want news in our business, and you do, but not all of it was great last night at about 9.20 if you weren't watching the game, and I was a little bit behind, the Twitter started blowing up, so we're going to talk about Sakai Ziegler and what looks like a serious injury. Sometimes they're not as serious as they look, but Caleb, when you see the non-contact injury when you see the response not putting any weight on it god bless that young man i just absolutely hate it for him I, i i think it's been well stated for listeners of this program sometimes his play drives me crazy but he i never wanted to imply that he wasn't a positive aspect of this team and just a great young man he almost worked with us at one point and um God bless him. That's just uh, – that's not the way you want to go out, especially in the last day of February for sure.
0: No, it's not. I mean, that, that was that was awful to see. We, we're all thinking of him. You know, his story is amazing, obviously. He, you know, really was just completely overlooked, came from nowhere to come into um, – to, to, to play for Tennessee, was a three-star late signee. I mean, you know, house – you know, house family possessions all burned down in a fire last year. Just, it really is an awful story. We're all rooting for him. Um, you know, I, hopefully, I am sure he will be back stronger and better than ever whenever he does come back. You know, hopefully, it's not career threatening. I don't think it is.
2: No, but I don't know what his NBA prospects are. To be real frank with you, and this is why I like NIL. And for those out there that are conservative and don't like NIL, you you can you can preach to me all day long about it. It's changed college sports, and it has. But the fact that you can put together a GoFundMe page for his family's home that burned down now, if he's not an NBA player, you, you can uh, do a GoFundMe page for that. And I, I just I don't I hate it when people play doctor on on the radio, and I don't know if it's an ACL and th- there'll be further testing. It looked like to me with the way it buckled, it might be a patella, which nowadays is even worse. An ACL, But I don't want to play doctor. John says, hopefully, just a twisted knee and not an ACL. Smoky Mountain Red. And John say, good morning. Good morning to you. Please go ahead and smash that like button. We uh, greatly appreciate it. And then I've got a bit of an ongoing contest as we are going to talk about the NCAA. And right after, literally, the moment we hit end, we got the text message about the latest on the NCAA issues with Tennessee. So we're going to go through that. With the Jeremy Pruitt fiasco, we are also uh, going to dive into more basketball with Ron Slay. I can't wait to get his thoughts on Brandon Miller. And uh, we had a a guy named uh, Maui Ahuna who made his way onto the field. So it is a busy, busy show. And so I was doing a little bit of uh, metrics. John wants a GoFundMe for his four kids in college. Amen, brother to that. Um, so, uh, I was doing. I was checking some metrics, and if you can tell me, because I'm looking at it right now. Of course, the United States is the uh, number one uh, download uh, geographic area for what we do. Who's number two? What country is number two? Fill it into the message board, and I'm going to hook you up with a hooker T-shirt if anybody gets that right, and uh, I'll take care of you. I've got some. I've got some of those T-shirts left to give away. Mm-hmm. Travis says that Vascovi kid uh, can uh, shoot when he wants. Uh, yeah, he, he can. I just wonder if there's some things going on upstairs. So let's go ahead and get rolling. Uh, go ahead and type in a country. I will tell you that it's not Greece. Greece, just one download, Caleb. So we didn't we, we don't have Greece mastered yet, but Greece is on the way with one download
0: of the show. Do you like that? Shout okay out. so i mean i i who would who would be following us from greece is the question i don't know mm. shout out to
2: my friends from greece sweden singapore and finland all downloads from there the uk um but i'm finland not that makes sense you know. that's where yes go ahead Finland
0: makes sense that's where olivia and account was from
2: oh okay well i'm i'm not gonna give you the number two but it Surprised me, Travis says Canada. So I'll I'll address this as we go along. But go ahead and give us some thoughts. Uh, who is our number two download country? All right, let's go ahead and get to Tennessee's football NCAA resolution, non-resolution. I don't know what we even call it because I was calling Caleb last night. I was like, "What did we really even learn?" If you want to just put it in a nutshell, uh, Caleb, it's basically that four dudes that were on Jeremy Pruitt's staff and an administrator, his wife wasn't mentioned, but that those guys have agreed to show cause penalties. That's basically the gist of the news, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Well, it's that plus the fact that they've reached resolutions while Jeremy Pruitt, Derek Ansley, and the school have not yet reached resolutions. So the question you start to ask yourself is why were these resolutions reached with these assistants, but not, the other people involved. That's really the big question going involved that I think stands out right now.
2: Excuse me. And I would think that that has to do with the lack of institutional control that has been uh levied Canada, North Korea, Uruguay, incorrect. All right, here we go. It's four downs. It's brought to you by our friends at best and Brock. Zach England will bring you Ron Slay today. Zach's got your back. Personal injury attorney in Chattanooga. He can go toe to toe with those lawyers that the, uh, insurance companies hire and they're pretty stout but zach's got your back personal injury attorney in chattanooga tennessee so let's get to four downs brought to you by zach england of best and broad
1: four downs four questions four answers the dave hooker show four four Four? downs a presentation of off the hook sports.com
2: John says Uruguay, Monaco, Liechtenstein. Smoky Mountain Red says East Sevierville. If it was Monaco, I'd be finding out who that was and seeing if I could ask a favor to come see them Uh, because I would love to go to Monaco. That's on the bucket list. But here we go. Four downs as we want to look in this NCAA issue. First down was Tennessee's news. Good news, bad news, or no news? For the Vols, not the other parties Im- involved,
0: but for the balls: Bad news. Look at uh, the fact that they're not reaching a resolution right now with the universe, with the NCAA. Tells me they're very, very nervous about what the NCAA is going to punish them for with lack of institutional control. More than what I think any of us thought it would be over the last. I've thought it would be over the last year. So I'm going bad news.
2: I go bad news as well. I think you when I saw that initially come out, I thought it was just all wrapped up. And you and I talked later in the afternoon, and we said that usually the NCAA just stands pat and they're quiet and they don't do anything until it's time to uh, just drop the hammer or drop the case. Smoky Mountain Red uh, says zero news. I could see a no news vote for that as well. Second down with the balls received, very minor penalties. And by that, I mean limitations on recruiting, travel, that sort of thing, scholarship reductions, which would be more serious, a postseason ban, none of the above or all of the above. You've got four choices there on four downs brought to you by best and
0: broad. I'm going to go minor penalties. I would have said scholarship reductions, but I got to be honest, that's an outdated way of punishing it with it in the age of NIL. You don't really need scholarships for certain players, you know. So um, I think the minor penalties would be worse than the than the, than the uh, scholarship reductions. So I, I'm going to say minor penalties.
2: And John pointed out they uh, have uh, already self-imposed some penalties. Uh, Tennessee has a Smoky Mountain Red saying NCAA, NCAA dragging their feet on this and then punishing kids and coaches that are not even involved makes zero sense. Uh, I, I agree with that. I mean, every, everybody's gone. I'm going to say they're going to chuck on a few more minor penalties, but I'm going to combine the two. I'm going to say that it may be two to four scholarship reductions because that stands out and gets some print, and the NCAA is positioning itself to be tougher. They've hired a bunch of people in their enforcement staff. They won't be tougher. Nothing's going to change, but they want to look a little bit better. It's a PR move. Third down, should slash will Jeremy Pruitt ever coach in college again?
0: No, on account of stupidity. I've heard this argument made about Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame where like they want to do, you know, if you're going to put two steroid users in the Hall of Fame, you'll put Bonds and Clemens because they were good before they did steroids. But Clemens was so stupid with how aggressive he was at trying to testify. You know, he wanting he dared Congress to subpoena him over it. And so a lot of people were like, just the level of stupidity with Clemens, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I'm that way with Jeremy Pruitt. It's one thing to cheat. Is there nothing to have your wife go hand players cash in McDonald's bags or Chick fil A bags? So I say, on account of stupidity, no. It will Wade stupidity to me.
2: Yeah, I want to agree with you, but I think he will. I think he'll get about a five year show cause penalty. He'll sit out kind of like Bruce Pearl did, and he's too good of a recruiter with his ties into Alabama not to get another job. So in the meantime, he'll either play poker or he'll uh, coach in the NFL. I don't think he should ever coach in college again, but I think he will coach in college again. And then, uh, biggest news of the day on Monday: Ahuna NCAA or uh, Zakai going down with the injury. Your thoughts?
0: I mean, you want to say Zakai, but football is king, guys. Football matters more than everything else. So I say it's the NCAA. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Zakai Ziegler, <clears throat> but I think both Ahuna uh, and the NCAA are a close second. I was we were pretty astounded by some of the metrics of people that responded and read and clicked on uh, just some s- simple stories that we put out over the weekend. Real, real honestly, that uh, in response to Tennessee baseball. So it was once again assigned to me. And we launched on June the sixth last year, and we saw an incredible response from Tennessee baseball. So. The biggest news for me, being a uh, 29-year-old guy who's worked in the media for 25 years, but the biggest news for me is exactly how you would have it, probably NCAA and football, Ziegler and Ahuna. But I'm going to go by some of those metrics. I think Tennessee baseball continues to be a very viable thing for fans, and I think it's fun to go out to games, and I think they want to see this team – fulfill what they couldn't last year. So that may be a little bit of a convoluted way of answering it. And then if you didn't have a chance to check out Caleb's column on Philip Fulmer, you need to do so. You need to give it a read. And that will lead us to uh, today's tough question. Today's tough question is brought to you by Andy Mason, realestate.com.
1: Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the sports.com
2: Don't make a mistake that's going to cost you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Go to Estate.com. He's your realtor. Over 40 years of experience in his office in the Knoxville area. Best prices, best service. Today's tough question. As Tennessee's... Football's, as Tennessee football's emotional connection to Philip Fulmer held it back. You state the case. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you talking about specifically the emotional attachment when he was still coach, the emotional attachment by not distancing themselves from him in the NCAA investigation? You tell me what you mean by the emotional connection and if it's held Tennessee back. Your thoughts, Caleb Callon.
0: I'm saying the emotional connection since his administrative career has begun. I think that let's the, the to me, let me take let me let me say the main reason this is an issue, and then I'm gonna go back and just kind of talk about the missteps they made with their emotional connection to Philip Palmer. The big misstep to me right now, and the reason I think that there is a the reason I think Tennessee has a really hard case to make that there was no lack of institutional control during the Pruitt scandal is because they let Philip Fulmer retire with the severance package. They should have treated Philip Fulmer exactly how they treated Jeremy Pruitt. I don't care what he did as a head coach. This was what he did as an athletic director. And they should not have said, because he's a hall of fame head coach, we're going to let him walk away with the retirement package Whatever you know, the Cincinnati Reds in the 1980s and baseball didn't sit there and say, Because Pete Rose is the all time hits leader, we're gonna let him keep playing, even though he's betting on the sport. They were like, No, we have to ban him from the sport because he won't stop betting as a manager. Um, what former's doing at what former did as an athletic director, we all agree, Dave. I, real quick, if Jeremy Pruitt is dirty and he was, Phil former was dirty, right? Phil former's hands are as dirty as Pruitt's, right? I don't know, as
2: but I see where you're going,
0: yeah. He, he is the lack of institutional control. If you're going to sit there and say, don't fault us for lack of institutional control because we got rid of everybody, but at the same time you say, but we gave one of the primary players in this incident a severance package and let him retire because of what he meant to the university in the past. You're not real serious about this lack of institutional control. Now, let's go back and look at how Fulmer got to this point. Remember, um, John Curry... Named him special advisor to the athletic director, literally made up a position for Philip Fulmer after John Curry got the job over Fulmer. Now, I criticized John Curry getting the job over Fulmer, not that I thought Fulmer should have gotten the job, but you knew that was a Haslam hire. They wanted a puppet, and Curry was that they, they that that was Jimmy Haslam becoming AD of Tennessee, John Curry getting hired.
2: And the, the young one, not Big Jim,
0: right? The young one. And John Curry then named Fulmer special advisor to try to bring everybody together. Anybody who knows Fulmer's history knows Fulmer will scheme for a job he wants the minute he's in a position to be able to do that. And, yeah, yeah. and so he schemed for the AD job, right? He, he, he pounced right when the Chiano disaster happened. Fine, you do what you do for your career. I'm not knocking it. Philip Fulmer, you've talked about this, was disastrously unqualified for this position. Had no administrative background whatsoever. More importantly, not only did he have no background his background actually suggested he would be bad at this job. When ETSU revived their football program in 2014, they asked Philip Former to be an advisor to them. Philip Former was instrumental in them hiring Carl Torbush as head coach. For those who don't know, Carl Torbush coached at North Carolina after Mac Brown left the first time in the 90s. His best year, no coincidence, was 1998 when he went 7-5. and five. This was a hire from the 1980s and 1990s way of thinking to revive a football program in East Tennessee – Torbush was 11 and 22 in three years. Tennessee looked past all of that to name him athletic director because they needed an emotional reason to bring him back and thought it would unify the fan base. And then they stuck with him and let him walk away of his own accord. After all, the Jeremy Pruitt stuff blow, blew up. Make no mistake, former's record as an athletic director is miserable at this point. And they, you can you can honor what he did as a head coach and say you never should have hired him as AD and you never should have let him walk. You never should have let him retire to see face. Never should have let him do that.
2: But The question I have for you, is that more Philip Fulmer's fault or is that more the administration's fault? Because if <laughs> if somebody calls me and says, I want you to let's say Powell High School, where I went to high school there in North Knoxville, they say we want you to be a special advisor in hopes of turning the football program around, which it's pretty good now anyway so they wouldn't need me, but uh, it's it, it it would be hard for me to turn that down Um, and not that I would be qualified either, much like Fulmer, but is that Fulmer's fault for taking that job? No, I, as an advisor, I don't know that it was his fault. Now, if you want to take it the next step and I had a very well-known player call me on a Monday and he said, I guarantee you, Philip Fulmer is angling for the AD job. Sure enough, Philip Fulmer had it by Friday. I laughed it off at the time, but it was true. He was angling for the AD job to get so if you want to come down on him for that i understand caleb but as far as the advisor role i can't blame him for taking that position and i will say this in somewhat of a defense of philip fulmer i believe firmly that he cares and loves the university of tennessee and he wants what's best for the university of tennessee but i think he likes philip fulmer just a little bit better just a little bit more Do you disagree with that?
0: I Oh, my gosh. No, I fully agree with you. And, man, people came at me on Twitter about four years ago when I said the same thing and, you know, heard a lot of people say, oh, no, he loves the university more than himself. And like, no, he doesn't. But I'm not faulting him. No, I'm not faulting him at all. I'm faulting the university because the university has to make the tough decisions. The same way, by the way, I don't fault Fulmer for the whole Fulmer Majors thing in 1992. What do you do if you're Philip Fulmer? You coach as an interim head coach. You win three games, and then Majors comes back. The team splits. They lose three, and then Doug the the athletic director comes to you and was like, "I want you to take the job full time." Is former supposed to say no? (laughs) You know, like I don't blame him for that. I don't blame any coaches for that. I don't blame Derek Dooley for accepting the Tennessee job. I blame Tennessee for hiring him. And so I think that why did you
2: dislike the John Curry hire so much? At the time, I thought that was a good hire. It blew up, obviously, but at the time, I thought it was a good hire.
0: I disliked it because it was very clear that. There were a lot of leaked reports over people who were interviewing that the Haslam specifically wanted John Curry. And when I knew that the Haslam's wanted John Curry, I knew at that moment they wanted a puppet. They wanted somebody that they could control. And I think, look, the Shiano hire, that was a Haslam attempted hire. That wasn't a Curry hire. That was a Haslam hire. Jimmy Haslam, we all know when he was with the Browns, was the only NFL owner who still loved Greg Shiano after he got fired by Tampa Bay years before.
2: It was also a Peyton Manning-driven hire, for those that don't know.
0: Well, yes, but it was a Peyton Manning-driven hire at the behest of the Haslams because Agreed. Peyton Manning yeah, wanted a – sounds like Peyton Manning was promised a potential ownership job in the NFL somewhere that yes. he hasn't gotten. So, yeah, it was – was, I knew Curry was a Haslam hire. I also knew Curry had a little bit of arrogance. I mean, look, when he – I don't know how much I blame that, but when he was at Kansas State – I mean, the guy did run off Frank Martin and then like the same year Tennessee hired John Curry, Frank Martin took South Carolina to the final four. Yep. And there were some ties, you know, with John. Then there was the whole, and look, John Curry was instrumental in Tennessee hiring Lane Kiffin with no strings attached and throwing a ton of money at the staff. I mean, that was when John Curry was working with Mike Hamilton. So, you know, he, that's hiring Lane Kiffin alone isn't a black mark on the resume. Hiring Lane Kiffin and giving him everything he wanted with no strings attached. That's a black mark on the whole athletic department at the time.
2: Well, hiring Lane Kiffin with a $700,000 buyout after year one was pure stupidity that he could leave for seven. It may have been 800,000, but it was just, you know, chump change for that level of football Mm -hmm. to say that a guy can be disgraced in the NFL and you hire him and he doesn't have. After the first year, like a five million dollar buyout, something stupid that he can't leave, then that that's that's Mike Hamilton's fault at the at the end of the day. Uh, I wanna remind you the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports is Zoolbeer, XULbeer.com. Zoolbeer.com has fantastic parking downtown. You don't hear about that. Great panoramic views of the city and also worldwide award-winning craft beer. Ron Slay up next, brought to you by Best and Brock. We never can get enough of Ron Slay, brought to you by Zach England. Zach's got your back. Two minutes.
3: Family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us, Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater.
0: Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40
1: years according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power
0: of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I wanna personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant.
1: It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business.
4: Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American standard heating and air conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since
1: 1961.
4: City Heat and Air. There's your bear.
1: Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalist for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love Chattanooga, we won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vassy Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at ccti's.com com objective coverage hey that's new if we get cut we're going to jail the dave hooker show a presentation of off the hook sports youtube apple spotify and the free off the hook sports app i'm gonna need to see some identification back to dave hooker Portions of the program brought to you by Campbell,
2: Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. They took care of my distance vision, and the near nearsightedness is coming into focus thanks to my LASIK surgery, and absolutely love it. No more contacts. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn, they're local. You don't get that just anywhere. As a matter of fact, you don't get that just about anywhere in Knoxville. I mean, they fly people in. It's just a completely different Sort of feel nowadays in the eye industry, but not that Campbell Cunningham Taylor and Hahn right there in Knoxville. They can do LASIK cataract surgery, but they can also do your regular vision checkups at one of their vision centers. They're awesome. Campbell Cunningham Taylor and Hahn to the message board. Um, still want a Dave Hooker input on why Haslam wanted Chiano so bad that still blows my mind on why they wanted to go in that direction. I mean, his resume alone and not the Penn State BS made it a bad hire, in my opinion. He was an okay coach at best. Well, I agree with that. I think he was an okay coach. I think he was also always a guy, kind of think of a poor man's Lane Kiffin, not as talented, but a guy that was always looking for a better job. I think I've told the story before to you, Caleb, about how his entire coaching staff was at Don Bosco Prep School in New Jersey, and he had taken the Bucks' job and didn't tell them. So they're sitting in front of the high school coach and trying to recruit his kids, and he's the head coach of the Bucs. So I think, A, he was willing to pull the trigger. B, you still have to look at Tennessee. There were a lot of people in the football community questioning the balls and what kind of a job that was. I never was. And I think he was – I viewed him at the time as a solid coach, a big coach. Better than Jeremy Pruitt, better. And I'm talking about my perspective from when they were hired. I viewed him as better than Jeremy Pruitt, better than Derek. uh, Well, I I wouldn't say better than Derek Dooley. Better than Jeremy Pruitt, um, kind of a wash with Bush Jones. And then I thought he was a better candidate than Derek Dooley at the time he was hired. How would you break down those, those
0: hirings? Yes. In terms of candidates, Shiano was probably on paper, the best candidate Tennessee like attempted to hire compared to the coaches they had hired up to that point. Um, I think, you know, I got nothing nice to really say about Butch Jones. I know you don't either. He probably was the best hire on its face. When you looked at resume at the time, you know, six years, he had won four conference championships at two different schools. I know he followed Brian Kelly, but I do think you do have to win on your own to a certain degree and He's, and he had certainly proven that he could recruit and stock a cupboard at smaller schools. Shiano, it wasn't just the... Because, you know, they tried to call Tennessee fans hypocrites at the time because they were like, you know, if Nick Saban had the Penn State tie and you wanted him, you wouldn't you guys wouldn't have revolted. Yeah, because it's Nick Saban. It's worth the risk when you're hiring Nick Saban. Um, Shiano had one 11-2 season at Rutgers when he had Ray Rice and Kenny Britt, and the Big East was absolute garbage during that time. Towards the end, he was a mediocre coach at Rutgers and then he stumbled in by the way. I think he actually was a candidate for the Alabama job before uh, the year Nick Saban was hired, funny enough. Um wow. but yeah, stumbles into the Bucks job, and there were some there were too many reports of him allegedly being a snake in the NFL, if we want to say that. I know that, you know, a lot of sources suggest he publicly um Try to leak out character issues with Josh Freeman, if you guys remember him, mm-hmm. and and it seems like he was trying to do that, if I remember correctly, to try to get him to stay at Tampa at a bargain, to try to you know hurt his market value. I, I there are some stories about Greg Schiano and what he's done with athletes and who he throws under the bus that I, I just they they were just that combined with his mediocrity and, you know, outside of one eleven and two season, he wasn't that impressive of a coach to me. It, it's you're right. It was not a hire that made sense. And I think the biggest thing too, was they, they tried to sneak through the hire on a Sunday afternoon. If you remember when, yes. and that's what upset so many people. When I think many Tennessee fans thought that they could get Dan Mullen or Chip Kelly or John Gruden, it doesn't look like they could have gotten any of them. They may have gotten Dan Mullen if John Curry didn't wait so long to fire um, Butch Jones. Um, but the other I-
2: I said from the get, it was Mike Leach, and that almost worked out. Uh, yeah. A total accident. I would not have called Greg Schiano. <clears throat> the thinking was that Schiano, I believe, <clears throat> would have been a stepping stone coach to get you to uh, kind of solidify the program, and uh, at some point, he either leaves or you get a better coach. I, I never envisioned Greg Schiano being a 10-year coach. I never envisioned – Derek Dooley or Butch Jones or Jeremy Pruitt being a ten year top of coach, um, I do with Josh Heupel, but had I I truly believe going back to what you said about John Curry, had he had complete freedom in that hire, I think he would have called Mike Leach first, and I think Mike Leach would have been the head coach of the University of Tennessee.
0: You know, I I, I want to agree with you, but my pushback on I agree he would have picked Mike Leach over Greg Schiano. John Curry, don't get me wrong, his hands were tied because of Jimmy Haslam, but he's still the reason he, he's out. He's not the AD right now because it wasn't just Greg Schiano. If you remember, between Greg Schiano and Mike Leach, John Curry, it's like he, ha- it's like if you ranked your list of coaches to hire on a, on a sort of co- on, on a set of index cards, and then you, and then a hurricane came and blew all the cards out of order. That was John Curry in the order of hiring because he first tried Mike Leach, then he tried, I believe, Mike Gundy. I'm not he first tried Greg Ciano, then he tried Mike Gundy, I believe. Right. Uh, Mike Gundy wasn't leaving Oklahoma State. He had already played Tennessee for a bigger contract ten years ago. Mike Gundy has no desire to leave Oklahoma State. Um, no, he
2: <clears throat> he loves to flirt with other schools, and it's Tennessee more times than not.
0: Exactly. And then he tried Jeff Brom, then he tried Dave Doran, and then he went to Mike Leach. If he had gone to Mike Leach immediately after. Pe- after Jimmy Haslam forced his hand with Greg Schiano and the hire backfired and he had free reign, if he had gone to Mike Leach immediately after that, he'd still be athletic director. But he went through a round of other coaches he tried before Then, If you remember, I believe he offered Jeff Brom the job and Jeff Brom was going to take, and then the university hadn't reached an agreement with John Curry over what money to offer Jeff Brom at that point. So...
2: Um, it was a fiasco. I'll say this. Tennessee's in a lot better shape now. Now, I do believe that that whole incident created a lot of frayed relationships. And with some of the biggest power brokers, the Haslams, the Mannings, some other great players that were asked to support the hire. And at the time when it went all up in flames, by the way, Ron Slay's running a little bit late. He'll join us here in just a bit. But When you when you look at those relationships, a lot of those are never coming back. And that may not be a bad thing, because I think that the University of Tennessee, I've said before that big Jim Haslam was the best booster ever because he wrote the checks. And if you had to make a major change like a majors, you had to go to him. Right. I mean, he was going to have to sign off on it. But was he meddling all the time? No. His son was the opposite. His son was the opposite, wanted to be involved, was still writing the check and felt like he should be involved. And that was just, that was not going to work. I think you've seen what he's done with the Browns and the Deshaun Watson contract that is just unprecedented. And now it's throwing the NFL in flux. You know, Dan Snyder is one that's going to get kicked out of the NFL here, I believe, within the next uh, probably eight, ten months I think that's a matter of time. Don't be surprised if Jimmy Haslam is somewhere in in that in that realm two three years from now. He's doing things that a lot of owners don't like, and I think he would have done a lot of things that Tennessee didn't like. So at the end of the day, the Shiano fiasco probably absolved Tennessee of a lot of future problems. Caleb,
0: oh, I actually, I absolutely agree with that. I think this has been a problem dating back to the early nineties, late eighties. I know Johnny majors would publicly complain about the boosters at Tennessee a lot. And um, by the way, Johnny, you know, you talk about emotionally sticking with a guy. That's one that worked out. Tennessee stuck with Johnny majors through like eight years of mediocrity because they loved him so much before the program turned around, but it did turn around. But yeah, that would I, I think this has been a problem at Tennessee dating back decades. I think there are a collection of boosters who have, Massive disagreements. I do know the story where basically John Curry tried to unite them all, and some of them basically gave him the middle finger because they're still mad that Phil Fulmer was fired back in 2008. And so
2: it was, it was bad. So I guess to answer your question on the message board, Tennessee was not going to get who they wanted because they were a hot mess at the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: it's like, like the girl you're dating who needs to work on some things, or the guy you're dating that needs to work on some things. Maybe two or three years down the line, after a stint in rehab, things can, <laughs> things can happen. But as of as of right now, it's a hard pass. Um, right. I don't
0: know, and this has really- been and you talk about. This has been meddling by the boosters for years. I mean, they. You told me that they were the ones who forced through the Derek Dooley hire. They forced Mike Hamilton to make that hire.
2: And- That's true. That is very true. Go to crafttreats.com to get the CBD infused uh, dog treats, cat treats that will help your pet relax, chill. They're the Chill Pills. Use the promo code off the hook to get twenty percent off. Off the hook, and they'll help with your pet's digestive issues. They'll help with your pet's um, arthritis issues, like my pet. Also, social anxiety. The Chill Pills, but they've got other great holistic. Treats there as well if you don't want to go to the CBD route. But I can tell you what, your pet will be happy. We're gonna try again to link up with Ron Slay. We believe that'll happen next. I feel firmly about that. But remember, you gotta go to crafttreats.com. Crafttreats.com and use the promo code off the hook to get 20% off back in two minutes.
1: Sun, sand, and saltwater. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah, Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vassy Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassie's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car, it's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you, we go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And As always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis
4: here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment, like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Air to
1: Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down.
3: Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I wanna be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Um, Who's this
1: guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Ron Slay might
2: know the answer to our question. I'll ask him here in a second. Portions of the program brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Integrity matters. 50 years in Knoxville, so you know they're going to take care of your HVAC unit when the weather starts to warm up. That's when they typically conk out, and sometimes you just need a part or some Freon, some magic touch, and they're going to be able to do that City Heating and Air Conditioning instead of, hey, you need to drop about eight grand on an HVAC unit. Ron Slay's a young man. Ron, have you ever had to buy – an hvac unit yet or are you at that point
5: um no
2: <laughs> that's a real kick in
5: the you know what <laughs> <laughs> no i i haven't had to experience that yet i'm, I'm happy for it too <laughs> yeah, there you go that's a little surprise
2: uh potential five depending on how big your house is five digit surprise <laughs> that you get like yeah. i'm always like do you take payments
5: no, I want to uh, pause it.
2: Up. Ron's appearance brought to you uh by our friend Zach England, a personal injury attorney in Chattanooga. They can go toe to toe with the insurance company's attorneys and get you what you deserve, Zach England. Zach's got your back, brings us Ron Slay. Ron, you're all over the place. Tell us about your travel over the past sixteen hours.
5: Um it's been adventurous. I traveled to starkville and it's not easy to get into starkville no it is remember, not no as a as a as a player this is my first time going down there um since i've played and seemed to be much easier flying in there when i was going with the university of tennessee than going it's, on yes. my own. <laughs> yeah man i had to fly into tupelo which was an hour flight so that was cool get on a little a little jet and get on down there and then the the rental car place closes at five. My flight got in at seven. So I had to take an Uber. Um, the only Uber out there from two below to Starkville was a two door Kia Uber. So the woman told me, you just throw your bag in the back and hop in the front. I was like, all right. well, all right, I do that. Took an hour drive there. And man, it was, I will, I will say though, there, there aren't many, um, atmospheres like the sec, you know, in football, basketball, when they support their team, dog, it's, it's, It's one of a kind. So um, the hospitality was great. Couldn't find nothing to eat after the game. With it being an 8 o'clock game, everything was closed at about 10. Um, One place was open. I forgot the name of it, but it's supposed to be a staple there. And it it was open until 12, but the kitchen closed at 10. And they didn't say that on Google. So I went in there stomach rumbling and didn't get nothing to eat. So
2: that's like like Tommy boy. You should have talked him into (laughs) turning on the fryer and throwing (laughs) wings in there.
5: And you know what? I was about to Dave. I was about to, but I went on, (laughs) I went on with the Waffle House and guess what? Three other players were in there. Three key players from Mississippi state. So I was like, Oh, I am in the right place. So I felt like home.
2: (laughs) There you go. I, um, um, my last memory of Starkville is just getting in the car and saying, "I'm driving all the way home." And it was a night game, and I got home at 5 a.m. And my wife said, "That's dangerous. You shouldn't do that." I was like, "I went out of Starkville,
5: dude." That's what I was about to do this morning. I had my I had Uber set and Lyft set to pick me up at 5:30. 5:40 came, no car came, nobody was driving Uber or Lyft. I luckily I just found a car service to be able to give me the Tupelo, and he, boy, he was booking it. He said rules are for when you. Have to abide by them. We don't have to abide by them right now. So he got me there. Starkville right.
2: is the only place where you pay for your hotel and chickens and pies. They're still in the <laughs> they're,
0: they're still in the barter system. Are they, Ron? Are they hazing you to start at SEC Network? You have to go to the two worst SEC towns, <laughs> Auburn and Starkville. <laughs> hey,
5: guess what, Caleb? I, I said, man, this is how you this is how you you make your bones right here. I'm, I'm on the Chitlin' Circuit right now. Soon, I may be. <laughs> I may be off of it. I may be off. So I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying right. I'm enjoying it right now.
2: I know you aren't at the Tennessee game, but I'm sure you heard. Sakai so Ziegler, not only a key player, but a fan favorite. That was just heartbreaking. Uh and we, we hope that something magically comes out where he's perfectly fine, but it doesn't look like that's the case. Uh, what what are your yeah. thoughts on him suffering that injury?
5: Man, heartbreaking is the the exact way to put it. Like it's I, the only thing I can remember like this is Hendon Hooker. You know, with with this type of impact um, for a guy, I think Hendon's was worse because you knew his career was coming to an end. At least as a guy, be able to you know, rehab and we'll get to see him again at the University of Tennessee. But man, it was that, that is tough, man. When you look at one piece that's been steady for them and consistent throughout the entire year, regardless of his play, but a play person you can always rely on to be out there, it was a cat, you know, and the energy that he brought to the game, he spearheaded the defense offensively when he was rolling, the team was rolling. Um, So it's, that's tough, man. You always try to look for the heart and soul of the team and, he is by by all stretch of the imagination, the heart and soul. You you hate to lose that, but I will say this team is conditioned um, for for replacing people on on the fly. You know, and uh, Zakow's a little different because he's at that point guard spot. But man, I I, I hate that for him. Man, everything he's going through, you always look for that to be an outlet. You know, being able being able to get on the court and um relieve some stress or whatever it may be going on in in your reality you get to go play a game and it takes you away from all that and man when you get that acl or whatever it may be whatever it may be i just know me because i immediately go back to when it happened for me um that was oh man that was horrible that was
2: i'm forgive me i i didn't remember you suffering an acl when when was that again
5: yeah, my junior year, in the middle of the year, we were about three SEC games in. We were playing Syracuse at home. Told my ACL my junior year, and um was out the rest of the season. Was out the rest of the season. Kind of left Vince and Marcus Hayes on their own that season. So it was tough, man. That's tough. You and you feel kind of disconnected. Like that's how. That's how actually me and Chad Chad Newman, we already had a good relationship, but me and Chad Newman really developed a relationship because I was with him. All day long, trying to get back, you know, and um, it, it's it's tough, man, because you don't want to. You want to be around your team for moral support, but at the same time, you drive yourself crazy thinking what you could be doing. You're trying to do coaching, but you're trying to do rehab, and you just get in your head, man. You got to get over the mental part, but I'm sure as a guy, he'll he'll be fine though.
2: You you say this team is prepared
5: to overcome something like that. What what do, what do you mean by that? A meaning that when you got to fill in spots, um, particularly with the point guard spot, you got guys that have played the point. Josiah came in playing the point. Santi, you know, can play the point. Jamal Meshack has done a good job of playing the point. Tyreek Key was starting at the point early in the season, so you have uh, viable options to to put at that spot, um, which is different than when you miss a guy like Josiah or Julian Phillips at the same time on the wing. You don't really have guys to substitute for that. That um the length the height the ability to switch multiple positions. Mayshake does a great job at the three, but he's six three six four, you know, and it's different when you subbing in for six six and six eight. You, you can't you can't can't really counter that. So it's different at that spot. Um, and I think the way that the what we're really gonna miss him at is the defensive end, being able to spearhead the defense and be able to get after guard point guards and disrupt their offense, but offensively, you should be fine because the way you run your offense is a, a body movement, ball movement type offense. It's not necessarily a guy coming down, holding up his finger and pointing you in a direction. You come over in, he got to initiate the play. A lot of people can initiate the plays, um, even from the fourth spot. When Josiah's at the fourth spot, you can you can get um, plays started that way. So I think it's easier to fill in um, but what you can't fill in is his heart. You can't fill in his heart. Or another guy that's going to take that big shot that's made it with the experience going down the stretch. You got other guys that are going to come in. But what does that do to the rotation? I, I do think they can overcome it. I think they showed that they can do that. Um, and you, you hate to say that like you just pushing them to the side. But, man, one thing he wouldn't want this team to do is just sit there and, you know, sulk over them and, be like oh man what we would do without them they want he want them to keep pushing
0: Ryan um, what is it about this team that you know they just blow out arkansas two weeks ago they beat alabama i thought pretty convincingly it was 9.1 those two teams kind of remind me of each other they both love to push the tempo and push the pace and play really aggressive mm-hmm. in Is it me or does that play into Tennessee's defense hands? When you try to do control chaos, they're going to force you to turn the ball over and they're going to create transition buckets for themselves in that. Yeah, that's exactly
5: it. That's exactly it, Caleb. And then a lot of it, too, is just matchups. You know, you look at the matchups and the way they're allowed to play when they play these teams. Arkansas isn't a team that is very physical outside of the two bigs and the Mitchell brothers that, that play down low. They're more of a finesse type. You know, with guards and wings, they like to get in space and get down. Um, they'll they'll finish with contact, but as far as getting open and doing the little things like Tennessee, man, they they pose something different. So you're right with Arkansas and Alabama being similar. Both of those guys, they like to play with the floor space. They like to play with the guys with the ball in the hand, either shooting the three or you getting all the way to the cup. Arkansas doesn't shoot as well, but they all they they both have similar style players as far, as far as being long, rangy, not bulky type guys, and that plays well for a physical team like Tennessee. I think that's why in the matchup with um, with Kentucky, it kind of goes that way, because Kentucky is a physical type team, and they do got big guys on the wings and in the post that can match that physicality, and they kind of need that because they can't shoot the ball as well, outside of a guy like Reed. So it's, it's, it's contrast of styles and that that bodes well for Tennessee, and it also helps going into tournament play when you're allowed to play a little bit more physical. Tennessee, to me, has a an upper hand when it comes to that. They got an advantage, if you will, um, when you when you get ready to get the tournament play because officials let you play physical.
2: Let, let me ask you a, a double question here by journalism, but uh, a who fills in for him just from a production standpoint, and I mean the defensive end as well and B, who fills in for him as
5: an emotional leader standpoint. Oh, Oh man. Um, B first. Um, who fills in with the emotional part of it? That's going to be tough. Um, I think Josiah can do it because, um, you've seen a little bit more emotion out of him as of late when he gets the opportunity to play. I think he sees that window closing, he knows this is his last run and he knows what they need from him. Um Zekai, <clears throat> his voice, like he, he talks a lot out there too. Um, I, I'm trying to I don't know if it ooh, that's a rough <laughs> That's a rough I would have to lean on Josiah though to pick that up. I think he is he's made for it. Um he's been in the situation. Um, he can handle the responsibility of it um being an emotional leader getting guys fired up. I, I saw him in this last game been a little bit more talkative these last two games. So um, I think he can do that as far as who fills that void for him defensively. Nobody in the nation can fill that void. I think it's going to have to be a collective effort. Tyreek Key is going to have to get after it. I do think Jamal Meshack can be a guy that can guard the ball and get after it like Zakai did. Not as far as 94 feet, but have Court in. I think he a guy that can apply pressure, disturb people with his length, and um, just not be able to let guys run their offensive sets as far as the point guard goes to the comfort that they would want to. I think think he's a guy that can really get after it. And he doesn't have to, to me, really play with looking over the shoulder at that point guard spot when you're defending the ball as he would if he was on the wing defending multiple guys. B.J. Edwards is a guy too, man, like – I've been watching him in high school a lot and got the coach against him, Man, he's a gamer. He's a gamer. Now I don't know how quick he's picking up the college speed and everything, but when you talk about a guy that can pick up 94 feet, he's a sneaky good defender, you know, because of his length. He doesn't look that fast, but he got some long strides to make up ground. So I'm interested to see if he picks it up and he takes on the, the um, opportunity takes the opportunity to jump out there and, kind of use his, his his length and his wherewithal, where you really don't have to do a lot of thinking when you're pressuring the ball. Just keep him in front, get after him and disturb him. I wonder if B.J. Elvis could, could kind of jump in that role and start getting about eight to 10 minutes a game. Interesting.
2: Ron, appreciate you as always. I know you're working like heck uh philip fulmer used to say that and that's what you're doing so uh logging a lot of hours thanks for making some time for us get a nap in before uh your show there on 104.5 the zone in nashville with don and brent um keep crushing it man we appreciate it and we're happy for you with all the uh, sec gigs that are coming up and you know i'll just go ahead and text reese davis and say watch out
5: <laughs> I just he got to to watch I Just tell scoot over a little bit. I'm I'm cool with going in. I'll yeah, scoot just, over. <laughs> yeah,
1: just a
2: little seat. Uh be careful, Ron. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate y'all guys. Uh, Ron day. Slay, uh, fantastic. His appearance brought to you, as always, by Best and Brock Zach England. Zach's got your back. And yeah, when he talks about Zakai Ziegler, he brings some unique attributes that I think could parallel when Ron suffered the ACL injury you know Ron wasn't afraid to talk and be confrontational I don't mean that at all in a bad way Caleb at all um but I think of Marcus Hayslip and Vincent Yarbrough who stepped in for him those are quiet guys so who's the loud guy that rallies people I I, it may be a bigger blow emotionally than on the stat sheet
0: yeah the funny thing about when Ron Slay had his injury I actually remember it they had if you remember that was buzz peterson's first year tennessee the first half of the season i think marcus hazel wasn't eligible to go there was some off off the court issue um so he wasn't able to play and tennessee was losing these massive heartbreak games i mean last second shot i think they lost like five games off last second shots like within the first 16 games it was an insane number they finally get that win over syracuse the top 10 team Hayes looks back. You kind of think they're finally gelling together with the new head coach. And then right then, Mar- uh, Slay goes down for the year. Um, I'm pretty sure if Slay stays healthy, they they win a couple more games down the stretch. And they had such a good schedule that year. If they just win like two more games, they would have been in the NCAA tournament. Um, so. Yeah, and that, was, that wasn't the John Higgins year, or was it? No, John Higgins. That was the next year with the SEC okay. tournament. Hayslip and Yarbrough had already gone pro, and you know one one of Buzz's problems was he never really recruited emotional leaders. Um, after Slay, I don't know if you know the story. Um, he sent C.J. Watson to a camp to learn how to be an emotional leader, and it's like you don't teach somebody that you just have to ha- you have to have it, you know and. CJ Watson was a great player, but he's a quiet player, which is fine. But you can't force your quiet player to become your emotional leader.
3: No, you can't. You can't.
0: Little to be Al Wilson.
2: No, I mean Al Wilson was born Al Wilson. That's who Al Wilson is. Um, yes. it, it, something that's bugging me that uh, just broke uh, when we were live. We're live, by the way, um, ten o'clock uh, Eastern each and every Monday through Friday. But. Uh, something that's bugging me, and it's bugged me for twenty plus years. Uh, what the agents brought to you by Vasti Lawn and Garden Man alive, it's worth the it, drop.
1: What the? Why was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep, 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 keep cool. A presentation of the dot com.
2: Jaylen Carter. There is an arrest warrant out for him for an alleged role in a fatal car crash, and Carter was allegedly street racing with a Georgia staffer before the staffer's vehicle crashed into telephone poles. An arrest warrant has been issued for potential number one NFL draft pick Jalen Carter for his alleged role in the January traffic crash that killed a teammate and a recruiting staffer for the University of Georgia. The Georgia defensive lineman is one on the charge of reckless driving and racing, by the Athens-Clarke County Police Department after an investigation found that Carter was allegedly street racing with Chandler LaCroix on January the 15th. Both LaCroix and a Georgia staffer and Georgia offensive lineman Devin Willick were killed when the Ford Expedition... Why are you racing on the Ford Expedition anyway? When the Ford Expedition was driving, uh, left the road at a high rate of speed and hit two telephone poles, two other occupants of LaCroix's vehicle were injured and police quickly determined that speed was a contributing factor. In the crash. Now, I could say what the H was Jalen Carter thinking, but I'm going to say what the H is the SEC been doing over the past uh, 20 years because I understand that his time is done uh, at the University of Georgia, but it befuddles me still to this day how's the, how there isn't a centralized body in the SEC that doles out punishment. And specifically with Brandon Miller, the Alabama basketball player who Uh, had a gun, gave a gun back, resulted in a murder. But just from the top down, I've long been a believer that every coach knows a little bit more about his players than we do. And every coach has a conflict of interest when it comes to whether or not to play a guy or not. So, I don't understand how handing a guy money in the non-NIL era is somehow worse than things like this. Why the NCAA can't do something to crack down on Georgia in this instance or can't call Alabama and say Brandon Miller is not going to be on the court until this case is completely resolved. The ins- And I say the NCAA, I'm sorry, the SEC. I think it should be centralized – uh, in terms of punishment and reaction to these issues. It's bothered me for a lot of years. I had a coach tell me one time, he goes, you know, Dave, you got to realize, if I suspend this guy, it hurts our chances to win, and thereby hurting my chances to win, it could uh, be an upheaval for the entire staff and all those families. I've got a lot of people depending on me. He's right. He's absolutely right. But that doesn't mean that these guys uh, should be able to uh, to run free and that the coaches should be able to make the decisions on on punishment. I, I just um, and I, I'm afraid Caleb it's going to get worse with NIL because when you have money to have a sports car, I don't know if you had a sports car in this case, you have money to have a gun, you know what a Breda is $900, that's the cool gun to get um, suddenly you have money to do things that you couldn't have done before that might have kept you out of trouble I just, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about the safety of some of these athletes that are 18 and 19 years old and are going to be bringing in hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. It's a lot to throw at you, but your thoughts.
0: Yeah. My pushback is I don't know how you set a standard because I will say, then you have the incident. We all remember the A.J. Johnson incident where his senior year was cut short because he was charged with rape. Remember that at Tennessee in 2014?
2: I totally remember that. And I, to- I hate that it happened for him. But at the end of the day, I'm going to err
0: on the side of the alleged victim. OK, <laughs> let's let's compare it. Let's let's do this. Here's what I would say. I would say, yes, if we had a system where the legal system worked its way out. And what I mean by that is A.J. Johnson wasn't acquitted till 2018. I'm sorry. I, I, I believe if you get arrested and charged with something. The D.A., wherever you live, has 30 days to bring that thing to trial. If they don't do it within 30 days, you're free to go. Like you shouldn't be sitting, waiting four years, putting your entire future on hold. To go to trial for something. I mean, this is a huge problem with the justice system in general. Maybe not 30 days, but there needs to be a. It's in the Constitution a right to a speedy trial, and so there no, needs, they
2: don't, they don't put a time limit on speedy trial.
0: Yes, exactly. They don't put a time limit. There needs to be a Supreme Court case on this. I think four years is by any definition not a speedy trial. AJ Johnson lost three prime NFL years over that. By the way, it took them what like 20 minutes to acquit after after the case.
2: Well, under, understanding going back to the A.J. Johnson situation, but that was like a one in a million that it drug out for that long, right? I mean, most of these don't drag out that
0: long. And they happen more than you think. That um, long? Four years? Have you heard about um, – this happened in Manhattan years ago. There was a 16-year-old kid when New York used to try 16-year-olds as an adult. He was accused – I'm not kidding you, Dave – of stealing a backpack. He didn't have money for bail. He sat in Rikers for four years waiting trial. He actually had to go into solitary confinement for a period of time because he was getting beat up by inmates as a 16 or 17 year old. And this was all over stealing a backpack. And turns out he didn't even steal the backpack. He was acquitted. He killed himself because of, and we all believe it was because of the mental health issues that he was hit with by having to sit in jail for four years over allegedly stealing a backpack. And- Yeah, this because his family couldn't afford bail. This happens more than more than we know, and that's why I would take a stance here. Here's what I would do (laughs) if I'm a coach in this way, and a a person's on trial and they're awaiting trial. I would say, all right, I'll suspend him for a period of time. You got this long to bring it to trial. If you don't bring it to trial within this time, I'm putting him back on the team because I'm not going to ruin their future because you guys at the DA aren't competent enough to actually bring this to trial.
2: Okay, I can roll with that, but who is the one that handles? that hands down the suspension? Is it the athletic department, the coach, or is it the SEC or NCAA?
0: I think, see, that's where...
2: The the, The NFL doesn't ask owners, hey, how long can we suspend this guy and you guys still make the
0: playoffs? Yeah, but the NFL's personal conduct policy has been ridiculous, honestly. It's been so inconsistent. I don't think they ever should have done it in the first place because I think that I thought it was – I thought the NFL should have just been like, hey, we don't deal with legal issues. You got an issue with a player playing, take it up with the legal system for not putting him in prison. Don't take it up with us. And, you know, now college, running a team, it's a little different. I still am fine with leaving it on the coaches. Look, we have enough evidence now that if you let a program get too out of hand with legal issues, it comes back to bite you. Look at Tennessee, 2005. I mean, that was a – there's no – I do think the '05 disaster was connected to all the arrests that happened that all season. Um,
2: uh, yeah, may very well be. Travis said, "Man, at eighteen, I'd have a million dollars. I'd have three baby mamas, two sports cars, and at least two guns." Just saying. I, I, with the money that's going around now, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Travis Henry didn't get nil money. He had nine baby mamas. <laughs> I think. I think one actually. One baby mama had two. <clears throat> So oh, okay. I think it was eight baby mamas, nine babies. Okay. okay, I think you can check my numbers on that. Check the stats. Uh, go to Wikipedia. Tomorrow on the program, uh, we'll be joined by a special guest. As always, we'll visit with Josh Ward of the Sports Animal, and also oh. we'll know more. <clears throat> excuse me. As long as I have my voice, we'll know more about Sakai Ziegler. Hopefully, hopefully, it's not. As serious as it looked, and uh, we'll have more to talk about with Maya Huna as the Vols are in action uh, tonight as well. And then a weekend series versus Gonzaga, and I'm sure there'll be some recruiting news. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. 11 o'clock each and every weekday, 11 Eastern, download the app. And by the way, Germany, second place, most listens behind the United States.
0: So wow! So we Nazis. Okay,
2: sorry. <laughs> Philippines are the third, followed by France.
0: France. And by the way,
2: by the way, they should call they should be called Belgium fries, not French fries, because they were developed in Belgium. But I'll leave you with that. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off Dog Sports.